Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 34 of the GG Show. Uh, this is the post-Worlds episode after, like, six weeks or something like that? How long has it been, like, since the start of Worlds? It's been really fucking long or something. It's always like that. Worlds always messes me up because, yeah, like, the time... Yeah, I think it's been, like, weeks. Yeah, the time is just insanely long for the amount of games <laughs> that actually gets played. Yeah, play ends was uh, like the first week of October. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, it basically took like an entire month and then more. All Which right. is kind of crazy for like how, like as Skitter was saying, how little games that they play for yeah. how long it takes. Exactly. Like, uh, like I uh, know the gap between semifinals and finals. It was like eight days for a single best of five. Like, honestly, add that, like, because uh, Juju and Zess, you guys don't even, like, regularly watch League. And, like, I do. And, like, as someone that regularly watches League, even I, like, lost all my hype. And I was just like, whatever for the finals. Even though, like, if you look at it, it's, like, actually really hype because it was the first time... Korea first seed ever faced off China first seed in world finals. And, you know, both the teams were, I mean, I think they're on the same level. You had the fucking Korean narrative saying that uh, Daman was going to 3 0 and in the semifinals was the real finals, blah, blah, blah. But I thought they were similar levels. So I thought it was going to be a good finals. And, like, even with all those things in like mind, I don't know, the eight day break just kind of like killed, killed it for me. Yeah, um, I like how we started the episode without a proper introduction, uh, just because. Oh yeah. But yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Zess yeah, we has come right on. Into it. Zess, Zess has come on for this week's um, edition, and we're here to discuss worlds as like a post mortem. And because the world's format has become such an issue, I think we'll take our stab at like how to improve worlds and like. One of the issues I th- I think the larger issue with uh, Riot's coverage of League of Legends, like you know, there's obviously lots of stuff that we can go through, but I think you know, starting from Worlds is like a really good way to like kind of look at how it could be better and how it can be improved. Although I like doubt that they'll take most of the advice, or maybe they'll improve something, but I mean. You know, I mean, okay. So before that, I don't know if they will because. Oh, sorry. You know, you're saying before that. Before that, let's uh brief recap of the finals. I guess for people who didn't pay attention, uh, the finals went all five games. Uh, EDG prevailed in the end after going down one two. Um, just like both the semifinals, where. EDG prevailed over Genji, and Damwon prevailed over T1 after going down 1-2, which is, I mean, I'd say the semis and the finals actually really lived up to it. Um, It's just such a shame. It's probably the most competitive. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really just such a shame that it just took so long to get through (laughs) because, um, like, like all three, I I, I wouldn't say they were, like, the best series at Worlds. I think the... T SKT um rocks series 
What year was that? I don't remember. I think it was 2016. 2016. Yeah, the 20. I mean, yeah, I, I but still that, think that one's the best. But um, that classifies never... for all timer status, honestly. That series, so yeah, mine's yeah. probably IGKT from 2018. That was a war. That was a good one. Uh, for me, I want to say it's either of those two, because I uh, know they were just fucking crazy series. On a lesser level, IGFPX was a complete war, even though it was three one. Yeah, it was a pretty I mean, bang, banger series. Yeah, they don't have a, the series don't have to go to five games for them to be very good. I mean, yeah. I guess I have the bias towards uh, the 2016 one because it was actually at uh, MSG um, yeah. when it happened, so it was incredibly hype. But um, oh, actually, for me, it's also Samsung versus SKT, the first one, not the second one. The second one was incredibly boring because <laughs> it was just a complete shit stomp. But the first one was honestly nuts because. Samsung weren't even winning game three. Like, by all accounts, Samsung should have lost a game three. But Ruler fucking pulled it out of his ass. And then they won game four as well. And then game five, they were honestly winning up until Ruler threw. Which, I mean, I don't blame him for throwing because he was the only reason they were even at game five. But it was a pretty crazy series. Not on the yeah, level 20s. of SKC Rocks, but it was a good series. Was 2016 the series where they pulled uh, Bengi out of retirement? To, yeah. Or was yeah. that 2015? That, that might have been 2015 against Ku Tigers. And then 2016 no, was no, no, uh, no. Blank instead no. of Peanut, right? No. It was uh, it was Bengi and Blankman in 2016. Then... No, 20... Peanut was 2017 was... where they got yeah, owned. Yeah, it was Peanut. Yeah. Pina just got owned. Okay, so yeah, so 2016 was the year where uh, they they pulled him out of yeah. retirement to jungle in the fifth game. Yeah, with like literally just like fucking first time newly. Shows crazy. Yeah, I mean the the I guess the only thing is like this final series, even though I I had a lot of fun watching it, there wasn't really any like memorable moments, and I'm not sure if that's because of yeah. meta or something, but it didn't feel like. Oh, actually, that's not completely true. The Baron sneak was memorable, but it didn't end up doing anything. So it didn't do. Yeah, they just lost the vote. <laughs> I think the thing like is, if they um, won after the Baron sneak, I think that would have been like crazy memorable. Yeah. But they just kind of yeah. lost, so it was like oh, an yeah. afterthought. Yeah, it's like um, I don't know. Like, usually, when you're watching a action shonen show, it's like. He gets a power-up, and you expect him to, like, you know, make him competitive after his power-up. But then this was the equivalent of him getting power-up and then just getting pummeled into the ground. <laughs> Anyways. Which, I mean... Edge had yeah. some good steals, too, but I would agree that the highlight moments from the Squirrels don't feel as impactful. I think it's, uh, like, teams disengage a lot uh, more often. I think they play, like, um, a little bit more risk-averse, unless you're... I don't know, someone just running it down like LNG when they're in a slight deficit. They're just like, all right, it's time to run it down. And that uh, definitely produces more action, but then obviously it's not the optimal way to play, so they just lose. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's the problem, though, because compared to the other five-game series we talked about, the games themselves were like inter-competitive, if that makes sense, but this world's the best of fives we're competitive, if that makes sense. So it ends up being like a five game, but instead of being like five, you know, like tense and like contentious games, 
it's like five games of like back and forth stomps. Like I guess the exceptions EDG versus Damwon because they did throw a game, but I think in general the best fives are like one team stomps on the other team stomps, and whoever can pull it out more just wins. Yeah, so Skitter, you actually keep up with League of Legends, right? Is yeah. this um, kind of the second half of this year has solidified into this, where um, this is outside of like LCS playoffs, which you can't really tell what the state of the game is because the yeah. gameplay is so suboptimal, and like watching some LPL games, which are a lot more fighty, I think. Yeah. Um, at least in this tournament, the games as we got deeper in the tournament and the teams like figured out the play style. It seemed a lot of the time that um, kind of around the second Rift Herald, like the timing right after that, kind of in between second and third dragon, it really feels like whatever happens during that time kind of decides the game, but then the game still yeah. doesn't end until like Elder, right? Yeah, basically. But it's sort of like you lose control and then you don't lose the game, but then like yeah. the big payoffs are too big. I think... Yeah, I think it, uh, usually the world's patch is kind of crazy. But I think this world is more so a result of the meta being solidified. Now, I'm going to be a bit of Captain Hindsight here. But I think looking back at a lot of the summer splits, you could see a lot of the stuff present in this world. You could see them coming. I still think the summer splits were more fun to watch, at least for LPL, just because teams hadn't figured out the meta which gave teams opportunities to be more clever, if that makes sense, because your opponent doesn't know the optimal stuff and neither do you. So you have to get a little creative. But I think kind of worlds in like the bootcamp and the first week worlds was kind of a culmination of it all coming together. Like basically what the meta for the past while had been building up to, it kind of all came together and it stopped being as fun to watch. Outside of shit fests, like, I don't know, like, say the tiebreak for LNG and uh, MAD, I think it just stopped being fun to watch. I think, uh, yeah, like, the play-ins was actually more interesting because the meta wasn't solidified, and so you had a lot more uh, back and forth. And I feel like the the games were, I mean, the detonation-focused me Cloud9 game, I still remember that that was a game that happened, right? Exactly, like... It was more so. I don't know. So, like, talk about your feelings on the Detonation Cloud9 game. The one where they won, right? The tiebreak? Yeah, I think um, the, the format, right, also um, brings up more tension. So, it takes you into that game. And then I think just, uh, I don't know, seeing. Um, Upsets, everyone likes to see upsets, although it's hard to tell how much of an upset that was because Detonation focused me, like, powered up super hard on the second day. Yeah, I think I think Detonation was sloppy. It was more so them playing bad on the game that Cloud9 won because they didn't play to any of their usual win cons. So I think day two, Cloud9 might have underperformed a little, Detonation might have overperformed a bit or played to their level. I think ultimately the teams are on the same level, more or less. And Detonation just pulled out the win because they had the better day. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, talking about play-ins, um, 
I think uh I think it's a good time now to like what like th- there is this ever present question I think what the heck do we do with the wild cards you know um cuz uh like it's clear every time they go into like the group stage they just get they just get like the crap kicked out of them they just uh they just die and it's not particularly fun to watch but at the same time like you kind of want to see like this is their chance to shine you know but I like think- i don't personally know like what how much good like worlds actually does for them even though like it's their chance to like show up and like actually like prove something on the stage like ultimately it's just like six games i mean like even though it's i feel like it's symbolic like even though like like you said it's six games uh detonation went on six i think like if you look at the region they've they're struggling because japan doesn't exactly have a huge pc culture and i'm guessing league also isn't that big in japan so they've been struggling all this while, and the narrative is that like they were, they they could just never put it together, and I think they finally made it to group stage. And you could argue that they didn't make it because of worlds, and that they made it because they had Korea, uh, Korean players, Koreanas, uh, scrims, and Korean solo queue, and they were also in proximity to China. You could argue that, but I think at the same time, worlds is like kind of their capstone. So I think planes should be there i think plane should be smaller i don't think we need to because because i think the games you play in planes well you play like four games uh and what like you play four best of ones and then what you play a best of five right so at the minimum that's potentially two best of fives potentially uh, two best of fives best of ones and then potentially two best of fives okay like, you don't need that many games. Like, yeah, even, even more so now that it's six. Like, you don't need that many games. I think some I, teams actually got more games by being a wildcard team than like people seeded into the group stage who just lost in group stage, which is pretty funny if you think about it. It is exactly, exactly. Like, I think, I think make planes smaller and then, um, how do I say this? Make planes smaller and then make giant groups of worlds. That's my opinion. I mean, that's okay, so... the elephant in the room, right? Like, yeah. worlds always happens. Well, the start of worlds coincides with TI, and TI runs two massive groups with a double LM, right? And so everyone, basically everyone that watches both just thinks that Riot should do double LM, but they haven't for the last nine years of like yeah. having real worlds. I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I would not count 2011, right? That was like a fake yeah, world. And 2012 was pretty boosted, although it was funny to watch uh, Saigon Jokers knock out the Th- 2012 had the perfect format because 2012 Worlds was actually IPL5. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh well, that's, what you, oh, that's, yeah, what, that's you what you mean. That's what you mean. Like, I was like, what yeah. are you talking about, Skitter? <laughs> you mean with the seeded teams in the bracket? But no, no. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to say this. Um, well, I, I think this year it kind of really amplified it because TI was not in August because of yeah. uh, Valve being boosted as fuck. 
and uh, not doing not doing their proper diligence uh, with the Swedish government, and that's their fault. Um, but Fuck I mean, you, um, like personally, I think like one of the things like I don't I don't know why like they can't have like a bracket for um you know like an offline like an offline sort of bracket or an online bracket i I don't know exactly how they're gonna do it but like a bracket you know like i'm just gonna like do this like you know i'm gonna steal from ti i guess you know in terms of like the way that like the wild not really the wild cards because there's only actually six regions um in dota but the way that like they qualify like for the the qualifier for each region uh they hold a massive uh they have invites and then they have a hold a massive series of like open brackets and then they fill up the rest of those open brackets and then they have everyone do like a a giant uh bracket stage in the bracket stage is very interesting but it's not done on site it's uh oh, done like it's done like separately and like before worlds i guess before ti cool. i Wait. Like again, like the qualifiers for TI is like yeah, it's really interest. It can get really interesting at times, you know. And um, I guess wait, no, um, that sounds really cool. So it's like basically, if I understand it, uh, if I were to apply to league, let's say from NA, I don't know, let's just say hundred thieves qualifies, from EU, let's say Mad qualifies, from Korea, let's say what like. Oh, Damwon and Genji qualified from China. What was it? The top two, I think. EDG and RNG qualified. So basically those teams are at Worlds. And then basically everyone else, basically like the lesser seeds and also the wild cards, they play a massive tournament to see who makes it to, who else makes it to Worlds. Am I right? yeah it's basically like that um i guess they removed the open i I thought they used to have open qualifiers for the last couple of spots but i guess they removed them uh with the new changes but uh basically what happens is uh they hold a massive like double elimination bracket and then whoever wins the spot wins it for the uh region i guess for league it doesn't make as much sense to do it for like regional finals uh because like it already exists for regional finals like we already have that but like what i what i was going to suggest is like uh something similar to this but for the wild card regions themselves maybe like have like this offline bracket uh stage of course and then you know um like have like a separate event and just like run this big bracket where like all of them compete and you have you all have a chance to like actually do something and um the winner or i guess you know top two or whatever how how you want to do it i guess take the last two spots or so in um the the group stage i guess that depends on like how isn't that like what it currently is except currently it takes four weeks instead of like a single the 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 problem with this is that like it all of the teams are in a bracket instead of just like the top couple and auto auto qualifiers like it's all of them right and like honestly i mean I'd much like in terms of like actually watching like this large bracket actually unfold. And I guess it's also double a double limb. And I guess we'll get to talking about double limb versus single limb later. But I mean, it's just like a double limb bracket with um. So there's like 
so far, like I'm what I'm seeing, it's somewhere in between like 10, 11, 12 teams, right? In this uh, bracket. And then you have like, they just all like compete in this like double elimination bracket. And the winner of that spot just wins out. I honestly think that would be a lot more interesting um, than just the current way and like have it be separate from worlds don't like attach it to worlds which is i think a mistake that is made is that like it's attached to worlds by being like part of the world's broadcast just have it be a separate event you know and just have them have a break you know um like personally i think it gives like wild cards like at least a chance because like more bracket stage games is like more interesting more series yeah. instead of like best of one groups and then just a couple of other stuff and like it also yeah. kind of opens i think it up for like more like direct competition in terms of yeah. like like spots and then you'll see like 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 it, it it just offers another event you know to watch instead exactly. of just like waiting around that long gap between like the summer regional finals and like the world's yeah. play-ins and then like even the play-ins it's just like kind of like eh, whatever yeah and, and like, also maybe, i mean no keep going and maybe they can do i don't know if they want to like keep the fourth seeds and stuff for like korea and china and stuff i mean maybe you can argue that but i mean you can't keep the fourth seeds in my opinion with the current group stage it's too toxic i think uh obviously we like to meme uh you know <laughs> Deaths to the West, etc. But I think uh, the fourth, the four seeds, and not just China, Korea, but like, you know, like if some fucking one in a gazillion, gorillion scenario happens and Europe becomes one of the four seeds again, I think, uh, I don't know, just the two strongest regions having a team in each group has potential to be incredibly toxic. Sure, it'll give us the best worlds, but I don't like it from a spectator perspective. I, by best worlds, I mean in terms of skill. But I don't like it from a spectator perspective and like with the small groups. If you're going to do that, it has to be, I think, giant groups. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, like, yeah, and I guess my big gripe is just don't make it part of worlds. Yeah, this well, shouldn't they be a- actually had that. Uh yeah, they if used you to have it. IWCI, right? Yeah, but, yeah. but they didn't of... have all of the wild cards in the, at the same time. They like IWCI was just yeah regional, yeah. Yeah, it and was regional, they... and then they brought them all into one tournament, but then stuck it as part of worlds. It was also the last time they had IWCI was uh, before they redid the group seating procedure completely because Albus Knox Luna made it. Out of groups, and then we had like a H2K Albus Knox like resident sleeper qu- quarterfinal into like H2K yeah. just getting 3 0 wiped off the map, and it was super resident sleeper. Both of those series were like fucking terrible. Like, uh, was... this was the year it was in um New York as well, and so yes, it was, yeah. just it was like... very bad. It was... it was a double whammy. It was a double whammy. I think I don't know, I don't, I don't see why you, you shouldn't do giant groups because. They literally did it in season three, and then they just like randomly switched to four group thing, which I think is fucking stupid. Skitter, you know why they switched it, right? Is it because Korea whined after Sam? No, 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 no. no. I I don't think it's because Korea whined. It's because what they did was they literally just aped the old OGN format. 
and it's oh, it's literally just they aped the whole God. OGN format, except they the schedules are different. So instead of like each team playing a best of two, oh my God. it's just a bunch of best of ones. They just aped it. What the like, fuck? No creativity. This like, is I'm, like when you're like, you, like just compare the formats between like the old OGNs before like LCK was a thing, and yeah, the, yeah, like, no, I remember, I remember. It's literally the exact same thing. They cheated off the test and they got the wrong answer. Oh my fucking god, dude! <laughs> yeah, so like I, I think this is kind of sort of a hidden elephant that I in the room that no one really talks about. How right isn't wasn't really creative the point, with the way they thought about it. Um, the point of the OGN format is that it's over the course of a fucking prolonged period of time. You don't do that for your fucking prestigious Worlds tournament. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, it makes sense in terms of, like, the way they did it because it's, like, they scheduled, like, a series of best of twos, like, every time. And, like, you just watch the best of twos and it's like, kind of, like, a thing. I don't, I, don't, I don't really know. But I think one of the things is... I think this is a consistent problem with Riot. Um, so this is kind of something that I've kind of come to the opinion after pretty much following League for a, quite a while and then kind of tuning it out. Riot want, thinks that the viewers want to watch every single game. And I think this is the big problem. I mean, um, they have a good format, honestly, for NA playoffs. Like I'm not saying the playoffs are good quality, but the format is. Oh, oh good. I'm I'm not t- I'm not talking about like playoffs. I'm talking about oh, like just talking about group stage, like in yeah, general. I don't think I've, I don't think there's been a single tournament I remember with multiple streams. It's always one stream, yeah, there has one production, yeah. one show. Every single game is a game you're supposed to watch. Yeah, or like even in 2012, it was one stream fiasco. And I just don't, this to me is like the biggest problem with the way that Riot goes about their thing. Like for, I, I'd say for a group stage, because what it does is like it forces like such a small amount of group games because you have to go, there has to be a production for every single game. There has to be like the the pre-show the like post-game analysis and there's like this long dead time between group stage games and like we're supposed Dude, to care about talk every about single that too? one of those matches can we talk and about just... that too that's so fucking stupid i don't get why it's like they tell you a game is going to start at a certain time and then you need to wait a minimum of 30 fucking minutes for the game to start it's more close to an hour like dude i don't care like I like it's I like it's the personality. Really like I like Kobe, for example. Like I like Kobe, right? But I don't want to l- fucking listen to Kobe for forty minutes waiting for a game. It's really game. bad. I think the problem is that Riot like tried to do traditional sports model, but they don't realize that with traditional sports, it doesn't take this long to start yeah, a no, game. Game doesn't. starts exactly when it starts. Exactly, like. I tune into NBA, I see the time, it's like what, like, I don't know, like, fucking, I don't know, let's just say a good matchup, like, Heat versus Sixers at, like, 8.30, right? I tune in at 8.30, I'm going to be watching basketball. I tune into League at 8.30, I'm going to be watching fucking three people on the desk for the next hour. Yeah, like, come on. It's just, it's just this sort of thing. Like, I think 
there so much dead time and because of this like again because of like this one show and like a long ass dead dead times that they have just to like do all the analysis and like all the interviews and like all this sort of stuff it means that worlds last really fucking long and there's so much dead time and it's just like not like I, I'm talking about group stage when I'm when I'm talking about this I'm talking about group stage because yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like for yeah. bracket stage it's more understandable to do this sort of thing because yeah, you need to give teams years. um mental reset in yeah. between games but I yeah, think and I mean for group stages well, in a best of series right yeah. they don't get that big of a break yeah they, they don't get, like, have 15, way longer yeah, of a break yeah, between like two random matches yeah that's so true. the question is like so is stupid. their production just bad I think or, like we, they really we don't know they things right so we gotta speculate as to like i think let's, let's be wax here and speculate on what uh you know the motivations or the, i don't think uh, it's their production right. honestly like i honestly i genuinely don't think it's their production i think right is honestly pretty good production like if like if we spent the entire episode flaming them which i will gladly do the one thing i probably won't flame as much as their production i think it's genuinely good as far as esports go I think Riot is kind of drunk off their own Kool-Aid. Like, I think they genuinely think that people want to see this shit. Yeah, I, I agree like... with that. I think that for me, it feels like they, it feels like they think they're the, like inside the NBA level. Right. Yeah. And even inside isn't this long. Right. Yeah. Like, they do like you know they have their half they have their pregame stuff and it's like very yeah. brief and like it's before the game starts too like yeah. before the scheduled time and then the game yeah. starts and they don't actually do anything for the games halftime they pop up for like a brief yeah. like bit and then like post game they pop up for a bit and they do stuff and it's not that long they don't do yeah. that much exactly but, like I would lend credence to Zessa's first theory if it was like. I don't know, it feels like kind of just like them trying to like keep time occupied and it was like uneven. But the thing is, it goes on for like a standardized amount of time. It's clearly scripted. There's clearly effort put into it. There's a plan. It's just that no one fucking wants this shit. And like you said, inside the NBA is like, it takes up time obviously, but it's like to a point where I don't really care because I know it's not going to be that long and I'm soon going to be watching the product again. Like right, yeah. Like yeah, like for halftime, it's literally you're just waiting for halftime to end. Exactly. Like exactly. I mean, exactly. Like it's they, not like in between games, like they do like yeah. brief stuff, but that's to fill time between the next game that's going to pop up on the schedule. Right. Yeah, that's you. You actually put it perfectly. Like inside the NBA, they fill up dead time. Right. Stuff creates like they actively create dead time. I think that's the difference. Yeah, and um, I think this is sort of kind of something. So, like, I've been kind of, like, circling around this, but I guess my larger point is that group stage is very inconducive in its current form to, like, actual real competition. Six games is just, it's really shit. Let's be real. It's just, I don't like watching just six games, especially, like, because, like, you know, I want to see more matchups between teams. I want to see 
there's like one of the one of the appeals to like a group stage and like one of these things is like you see teams that you've never really seen like play before in international tournaments like have just come out and they just play each other and it's like you know that sort of anticipation but with the six group game group stage it's just like well you see them like a couple times and then it's like okay i mean you only have like a couple of hype matchups to actually go off of and then it's over right it's also then, uh like the different nature uh, the different nature in the games means that, uh, like, the group stage almost has, like, no impact on the bracket. Well, outside of the very obvious impact of, like, seeding, right? But it's, like, performance in the group stage is completely uncorrelated with your performance in playoffs. Group like, stage you know, also, the current way group stage goes, it's also a terrible indication of, like, the actual strength ranking of teams, too. Like based off of just the format alone, because you don't have enough teams that play each other. You have these like groups of death that like kill each other off. And then you have like some other teams like, and it's not like, it's not like the world cup, you know, where like soccer games, um, they take like physical effort and you need an actual stadium to play them in. And it's like a lot of time. Right. Which is like the similarest way, um, like the similarest kind of con comparison, because that's also um, four teams in each group, each game play, each team plays uh, two versus each other. Um, but I mean, that's like, this is traditional sports. In esports, like you can, it's just, you're on a computer. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Not, so I think, no, sorry, keep going. It's not like, I don't know. Like, so. Yeah. I guess you've talked about this. Uh, one of the things that you want to see is um, two large groups. Um, I was going to say, I think two large groups is like kind of ties into, well, what, I, what I'm going to say ties into two large groups. But I mean, for example, like look at NA this year, right? Obviously, I mean, NA is bad. I, I don't see NA, any NA team actually making the quarterfinals. But the two best, I mean, uh, the two... The two teams from NA with the best chances of making it out of groups, C9 who actually did make it out of group, and TL, who honestly would have been Genji if they weren't fucking garbage, because Genji was terrible in that tiebreaker. So those two teams, who were best poised to make it out of groups, were the worst NA teams. Like 100 Thieves stomped both of them, and 100 Thieves ended up in a group with T1 and EDG. Like I know, I think groups is just fundamentally broken. In its current state. And I think giant groups would mitigate that. Because you don't have like random teams just getting fucked over each year. Yeah, so the I can, cynic I... in me says that that's intentional. Like it seems after all these years, Riot is intentionally trying to... Well, I mean just the seeding format, right? Intentionally right. Uh, biases it towards uh, same region knockoffs in the playoffs bracket and also the short uh really broken up groups means that you really can't get a very good sense of um relative regional strengths and i think mm. that's to their advantage because then you have the copy mtl fans and eu fans who are like oh we could have maybe been fourth if the bracket was different because our strength matched up with that right and we just got unlucky right. that we got knocked out in whatever round that we got knocked out in mm, that's interesting so you basically like Giant groups would kind of expose the problems in regions more 
and to prevent that from happening lower groups which people can look to and blame the group format for being bad versus uh kind of seeing their the fact that their own region is bad and becoming disillusioned with league and kind of like not watching as much because it's like oh we're always gonna suck versus it being all groups is trash but we'll get them next year yeah and i don't know if like this is a speculative and cynical argument right and the counter argument is like i feel like fans would just rather see their favorite team play more games rather than like cling on to the hope that their favorite team could have won the games that they didn't play that's my take like if you're a teal fan right like you, yeah. one, if you're a teal fan, you're super mad because they went three three and didn't make it out. Whereas like Cloud Nine went two yeah. four and made it out, right? Yeah. And then the other part is like you just never got to see them play, like literally anyone else. They they yeah. played yeah. they played a yeah. bunch of games against Genji and LNG who were bad, and the Mad who were like, I don't know what bad. happened with them. They they're they, bad. They kind of dunzoed somehow. Uh, Spanish uh, Elioia didn't. Uh, live up to expectations maybe i don't know humanoid yeah. humanoid it's hard to say what happened with them but anyways teal got into a group where like everyone was bad so you just saw bad games as a teal fan and then like if you're a 100 thieves fan right like you would want to see them how they match up against real teams right so they stomp dfm and then the other two people in their group like you said are you know, teams that made it into the semifinals and were probably competitive for finalist spots, right? Like T1 took down one to five games, down one took EDG to five games. So like yeah, 100 Thieves probably could have beaten Rogue, probably could have beaten uh, Fnatic. Uh, exactly. Maybe would have had a good matchup against Hanwood Life even. And you exactly. just don't get to see those happen. Exactly. Like, it's... It's uh, like it's confirmed that this hundred thieves team is staying together, but just imagine the optics on that. Like, they finally click for summer after so many splits are struggling, and it's with this super crazy core with FBI, the next upcoming NA superstar ADC. It's with closer this crazy talented EU jungler who got his big break in NA. It's with Huhi, the timeline of like, I mean, the storyline of role swapping to support struggling so much and finally rising to be a top two support in the region. And then it's like, you know, you have that kind of like storyline. They finally click. They stomp everyone in NA. They make it to Worlds. Then what? They lose to fucking T1 and EDG and then they go home and then they kind of like disband and like they go to different teams. Like I said, it's confirmed they're staying together. But just like imagine the optics on that. Like, I definitely think they're... I think from a fan perspective, they would much prefer to just like, you know, see more games played. So I guess um, for me, another hidden advantage of uh, double groups is the fact that seeding is a bajillion times easier because you have a top seed in each group and you have like a fourth seed in each group. If you wanted to do um, eight and like the bracket stage. It's like NBA. it's yeah and, sense, and like yeah. It, it, it it sort of kind of means that like teams that perform well in the group stage like they get like favorable like odds to not face another team that's probably really good and just not like accidentally like region kill yourself in like the quarterfinals like um like for example like ktig um 
probably the best two teams in the worlds uh, that year just ended up killing each other in the quarterfinals. And um, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, people talk about how double elimination solves this problem, but I mean, even then, that's not even like, I, I don't, I, it's not even a perfect solution to that because double elimination. It doesn't go, I think, as smoothly for like teams like the lower brackets as I think people think they do. Um, yeah, the lower bracket is not easy for any team uh, in any stretch of the imagination. From my experience, at least, watching a TI and other events with lower brackets. Um, yeah, which I guess kind of transitions to the point of like upper bracket versus. I uh, sorry, a single LM versus double LM. So I think uh, it's. Uh kind of a bias like a selection or confirmation bias right that you remember all of the sick lower bracket runs because you don't remember any of like the lame lower bracket runs where teams got knocked out of the upper went to the lower and got knocked out again right um and so that's why everyone Uh. like so lower bracket has the potential for hype but i think uh more important than that is definitely going back to two big groups like if they had one or the other, I think two big groups is more important than having a double limb tournament. Yeah. I would agree. Ideally, we I would think, have it, you know, like TI where you have both. I think I double agree. groups fix a lot of the current issues at Worlds. I think actually double groups and you need to eliminate the dumb fucking bracket reset they do. Yeah, I... Uh... Not a fan of that, but I mean, you know, I've, I've already talked about that, uh, how, like, in terms of, like, because there's only eight teams, it just doesn't make sense to do it like that, but I mean, I think that's kind of whatever um, in the larger scheme of things, because with uh, two groups, right, um, you can actually seed teams properly. You don't have, like, one seeds in, like, random places. You have a one seed on one side and a one seed on the other side facing a two seed on one side and a two seed on the other side. And it's pretty exactly. easy to actually do exactly. it like that. And yeah. um, I, it makes the format a lot more fair and it makes it a lot more interesting if you do it like two big groups. Uh, but I just want to kind of go to the point about double elimination. Um, so the obvious narrative for double elimination, which was highly uh, biased in favor of Korea based off of one bad performance by FPX, let's be honest. Like, that was the whole reason why people really jumped onto China as, like, you know, being super inferior and, like, gonna get destroyed. And specifically being meeting EDG. Um, but, like, uh, the narrative was always, oh, uh, we, if only we saw T1 in the finals, T1 should have been the true finalists. And, well, that narrative died um <laughs> thanks to uh, edg um i think it was it was killed by going to game five in the first place and then completely destroyed by um you know edg actually pulling the win out um but my, again my problems are i feel like double elimination like i i think there is like a hidden cost of double elimination that people aren't quite paying attention to. Um, It's the fact that the double elimination, best of five double elimination is long as fuck. Yeah, Dota, um, it's... Dota, there isn't a single best of five until grand finals, is there? Yeah, yeah. It's all best of three. 
So they would have to go back to best of three. And I think people like best of fives. So, like, to me, I like double elimination tournaments. Because, like, I mean, it, it, it's really interesting to see what happens, like, in, in lower brackets. And, like, you know, in general, like, I can think of, like, there's a lot of times when teams just die in lower brackets. But there's a lot of teams when, like, heavily seeded teams, like, they just end up dying in the lower bracket when they go to the next round. And it's just, like, it, it's pretty surprising. And um, I think, I don't think we need all 16 teams to be in a lower bracket, like in a double elimination bracket. Um, I, I'm i not actually opposed to just eliminating the bottom four teams if, if there was a double elimination and they're just doing like a 12, right? Because I feel like most of the time the bottom seeds are just bad. And they just like you know they just kind of don't produce interesting games yeah. and worlds. So if, I, if I'd you're at rather... the bottom four of your group, you can safely be discarded. Well, honestly. I guess it'd be bottom two of each group. Bottom two of if, each. If we group, did yeah, it you... like that, if, or if bottom one, so, sure. if they did. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, like it'd just be the last four teams. Because it'd be we're assuming we're not ex- they're not expanding the groups uh, further to accommodate more wild cards. And it's just going to be a sixteen-team tournament, which could be an option, but I don't really know. Like, if they do two, but if they do two big groups, that could be an interesting option. But um, I, I guess it doesn't really change anything in the end um, in terms of the mathematics of like. You could very easily teams. just do. I, I think just do. I think twelve teams would be ideal because then, yeah, four teams waiting in the wings. So you play out the quarterfinals, then you kind of like, I know, keep going at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess LCS of, already does this too. Like yeah. they have teams seated yeah, directly. They so you have teams yeah. eliminated, right? The absolute worst get eliminated. Exactly. And then the yeah. mid-tier teams are seated directly into losers. So you don't have to watch them play twice. But then, you know, if you had a really good regular season, or in the case of Worlds, if you have a really good uh group stage performance, I think giving you a chance to play twice um <clears throat> allows for both um more fun. But again, like with the double groups, it already eliminates a lot of the issues where you just have like the two best teams fight each other at the beginning, right? Because theoretically, they would have both had strong group performances and should go deeper into the bracket. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I think this double elimination stuff is more... I think it's very. I, I do agree that it's a lot of bias from TI. Also, I think it um, the big issue that no one really points out is that normally in double elimination you're supposed to have a bracket reset, but you can't have a bracket reset um, in like these sort of games because yeah. it takes way too long to bracket reset. So winners doesn't have an actual the actual advantage they they're supposed to have. Right. in a double elimination which is that they need to lose twice normally that's what's yeah. supposed to happen in most double elimination tournaments but because of limitations it just ends up being that like it's just going to be like one grand finals right yeah I, i'm not opposed to that because it's kind of impractical to do it that way and i think again like i mean i i am pretty neutral on the issue between single elim and double elim but I think I single elim is fine if we do giant groups. 
yeah, I, I would agree with that because it, it it has better seating as like a sort of yeah. a consequence of that. Or exactly. like, let's say if you wanted to do this, right, you can have like a single LM and you can have 12 teams and you can have the two and threes like or like yeah. you can have like the threes, I guess, or something like, yeah, um, like they can like play a series against each other and you have yeah. like the um the top seeds if we're if this is assuming they keep the old brute format um just waiting and then they can actually like uh you know do the then then it would continue on i think that would be a more interesting format than the current format the way it is um because i mean it does it gives more games and that's more interesting and i think you know i think for all intents and there's some advantage I think for all intents and purposes, we can safely assume that there isn't going to be a best of series at Worlds other than best of five. I think for fans of certain regions like Korea and China, it's probably going to feel really bad going from best of three season to best of three Worlds. So I don't think Worlds is ever going to be best of three, which I think kills the double elimination idea just because uh, best of five double elimination is grueling. And like you said, I think um, the problem with current format is that it's a somewhat stable beam built on an absolutely fucking shaky foundation. Like, it's shakier than a fucking two-day-old baby goat. Like, that's how shaky it is, right? But I think if you make the foundation, which is in this case groups, more reliable, which giant groups does just by nature of, like, killing, like... A fuck ton of the variability i think that should honestly just make the brackets infinitely more enjoyable yeah um i guess i guess we're in agreement that group say should just be a lot more games and uh i i i think a hidden benefit of this is that this would fo- kind of force riot into this sort of position where they have to have more group stage games like played at once and they can't just have this like slow show of one by one games like for ti for example there are four group stage games going on at the same time you basically picked which one to watch and like there is like terrible group stage games that like no one wants to watch but like there's the hype ones and like the advantage of this sort of format is you always get a chance to watch like pretty hype group stage matches so for a live experience it's actually pretty interesting um like the whole experience of like switching between the streams it's a lot of fun um but again i i think okay so this is kind of a larger point i guess but um sort of kind of i think an issue with riot i think another another one of like many but like this is something I guess it's related to the long-ass pauses, but I really, really dislike the way that they actually do every, like, stage of Worlds is, like, in a different venue. Um, So I haven't gone to TI yet, um, but I know people who have gone to TIs. And one of the reasons TI is so special uh, is because it's just a week of, like, just, like, games at like the same place and you can go there and it's like you can go in you can watch it and it's like this extended experience and super it's a lot of fun from what i hear and um 
with Riot's format, they just travel all over the place and then just have like a game for like a day, like a series for a day or like a couple games for a day. Like if it was the group stage and then it just goes on to somewhere else and then it's like more games played. And um, I feel like that kills a lot of the hype around it. Um, because so of the not even being cynical, uh, I don't think that will ever happen. And I don't think um, you can really. F- I, I I don't think it's very obviously worse that Riot is deciding to do things this way. Um, I think even if they went to bigger groups, they would do it in a way where you are still forced to watch one game at a time. And I think that does um, help them, like help the regions out, and also help like worse teams do better because you're guaranteed exposure, right? And then the the touring the cities kind of is like their shtick, right? Like they invented that and they want to stick with it. I honestly don't hate uh, sitting through each game because I think as long as I get giant groups, it doesn't matter as much. I think that's the more pressing issue. I don't, <clears throat> I don't feel too strongly about multi-streams. And honestly, I kind of prefer watching each game because like Seth said, it shows me teams I wouldn't have otherwise watched. So it's honestly kind of whatever to me. And I think League's model as a whole is a lot more, I guess, supportive of each team that's under Riot than Dota's is. So it makes complete sense that Riot would kind of never just leave them out to dry, so to speak. Hang them out to dry. Eh, I, I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's fair. I don't I I really don't think that's fair. You can always schedule it that every team ends up on what you call stream one. But I mean it doesn't even matter what stream one is because honestly, like it, it really I don't think particularly matters. Like if you wanted to have like a mainstream and like a secondary stream, you could just schedule it such that you'll always have every team appear like a set number of times on stream one. You don't necessarily have all the marquee matches on stream one. Like you don't have to do that, right? But I mean, um, regardless of stream number, people are going to seek out the teams they want to watch with concurrent matches. And right. the most popular team is always going to get left in the dust. Right, but I, I, I just don't think that's fair. Because, again, if a match is, like, like again, like if a match is interesting, you're going to gravitate towards that match. I mean, not necessarily, yeah. like, during the... At least in my opinion, I think, like during like the playtime, I'd know if people are gonna learn in time that the match was interesting. Usually, they learn yeah. that it was a banger match after the fact, and they end up watching vods. But that's just my take. That's just yeah, my take. I, yeah. I, I don't really agree with that. I mean, like I know from personal experience of like multi-streaming, like you kind of end up tuning to some matches that are like really good, and then sometimes it's like wait, what's going on here? And then, like, you know, you can, like, turn to that match. And then there's always, you know, the dead time, right, between matches where there's, like, oh, this sort of stuff. And, I mean, so I really don't think it's fair to, like, be, like, to use that argument that uh, regions don't get exposure with, like, multi-streams because that's just not really what happens. Like, I don't think that's fair. Uh, Well, the simpler argument, right, is it's just not possible with the way that they do production yeah, yeah. i mean i can taking one that. stadium right and taking it on tour so you can't have two games going on at the same time yeah you're not i mean renting out an entire venue 
again, this is to do this, you would have to do um, online groups or like online meaning like, I guess, like sort of like semi land, but like not really. Um, not really like in front of an audience, which I don't think Riot wants to do. Um, but I mean, I, 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 I'm not necessarily opposed to that, but I mean, like, I think a lot of that does have to change with like production times and that kind of stuff um like again you could probably accelerate them or you can have like multiple stadiums going on at the same time um but I, like i guess that that would i don't know if that would be the right approach but you know i mean uh, for me it's more like not necessarily groups and that kind of stuff but i mean like eh, i mean like to me i just want to watch game like i don't like watching wild cards getting killed by korea's top seed that's boring like that's not fun like I just don't want to watch that. Like, there's so many times when it's just like, I don't really want to be watching like this particular matchup because it's just not very interesting. You're just watching a team getting killed. And like, because that's like a thing that, like, personally for me, it's just not really enjoyable. It's why I don't watch all the group stage games because it's just boring for me. Like, I just don't, I don't find it interesting. Um, but I mean, I can understand both both points of view, and I mean, like, I guess that is a production issue. Um, but I mean, more to my point, um, which was more my point about like bracket stage um, being so because of the way that Riot goes to different venues for every single different round. So quarterfinals is one venue, semifinals is one venue, finals is one venue. I don't, I'm not a fan of that, and I think it's just so unnecessary but it's because you're not the target audience for this experience right it's like... just even then right the experience like you could do so many more things like like it'd be honestly like more interesting i feel as a spectator to go to a special sort of event where you see like a bunch of these teams play for an extended period of time like like TI, for example. I'm, I'm making a lot of references to TI, but I mean, like, it really just does feel that I would much rather go to a TI than any round of Worlds because with TI, it's not that, like, I can... I don't have to worry about picking a series that, like, I'm going to be there and picking a venue. I just go to the venue, like, take a week, and, you know, there's just going to be games. It's going to be games after games after games. And yeah, but some people like you're hardcore esports fan, right? Like some people are just normies and want to show up on the Saturday because it happens to be in their city. They're not gonna fly to a different city for it, and that's yeah. I mean, I can understand that as well. Benefit of touring cities, and I don't know um, what the fan interaction is like in Dota, but my assumption would be that it's actually lower than League because Dota runs on kind of an open circuit, right? Whereas league by being franchised and kind of looking at these traditional franchise sports is yeah. more um more about like that kind of tailgate experience rather than uh dota which to me feels like i don't know golf or tennis where you yeah. have some hardcore fans that travel with them and then otherwise like they just play their open tours and travel around the world that that, that does feel fair um I mean, I guess I'm injecting a little bit too much of my personal bias into this um, because that's what I would like to see. But you know, hey, you definitely I mean, need to consider. You need to consider that 
Dota is a completely tournament circuit, and that uh, by that's the time... not true anymore. That's not true anymore. It's not true. But well, there's there are, okay, there so are I... regional leagues. Um, but, but by the I time you get to you mean by that, by the time you get to TI, you're gonna have seen your team playing more than one tournament, likely. Like you know, more than one international tournament, right? Likely. So I think yeah, yeah, kind of as a necessary sort of result, unless you like. Yeah come out of qualifiers and like appear at ti but like yeah that's sort of yeah. kind of a thing i can understand like, where that's coming from exactly um, but like in league it's like all you've got is msi and it's honestly not even likely you'll see your team play at msi not just because i think due to sheer, sheer percentages there's like well like like what like six teams at msi and then what like four major region teams so it's like incredibly i yeah. I, I think msi is terrible I think I mean MSI is terrible, but that's neither yeah, here nor there. MSI is a waste of time. I think MSI once should be expanded. Once upon a time, it might have. Yeah, and once I don't upon think a time, it was it ever good. By the way, I I just I just think MSI is just a horrible format from the very beginning. Um, like it it's like oh what I don't I just really dislike kind of why they do MSI is kind of like an excuse to have an international tournament that is just kind of a invitational that is not very interesting. There's not much going on. It's just very bad. Um, I've never liked MSI. Um, but I mean, I, I think we can like agree that like international tournaments are just kind of a rarity <laughs> and it's, honestly really irritating that there's such a rarity um there's like one good international tournament a year and it's uh, good is uh i mean it's the only one because <laughs> msi is not really a tournament right you only have the top seeded teams it's, it's, it's a it's a turn it's like a half a tournament but it's not i again I, i'm really not a fan of msi um but like even then like just I don't know, like, I don't understand what Riot's obsession with, like, these, like, not having international tournaments is. Because, like, we're never going to see another IPL5 <laughs> at this rate. Well, Worlds sad. could be IPL5 format. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I meant more like another tournament with, like, teams that come in and it's just, like, a more interesting like it's just a fun international experience like cuz IEM is dead and that was the only other one that like league actually did but like they yeah. killed IEM um and now it's just nothing i mean that's intentional right they want it's it's probably about the money and the control of the scene and the whatever like it, it seems very deliberate to remove slowly as LCS franchise to remove all the open open uh circuit stuff and I think that's fine as long as, you know, the one tournament a year you give us has some games. Did they replace IEM oh, yeah, with yeah. fucking Rift Rivals? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> the actual Honestly, fuck Rift dude. Rivals is better than MSI. Yeah, I agree. Rift Rivals is much more interesting because MSI is just a terrible... Well, the, the Asian Rift Rivals is better than MSI. The Western Rift Rivals is a complete waste of time. I agree the Asian Rift Rivals is better, though, it's... but that's... Neither here nor there. I think the Western Rift Rivals is still 
like if you want to see your favorite teams play lots of games right like if you're a tl fan or a g2 fan like rift rivals is where you get to see a lot of games but like the western rift rivals is like like five best fives and i mean five best of ones and then a best of five like it's a single round robin and then the team with the teams with the most wins play each other from each group that's what happened with tsm versus ul it's like uh TSM had the most best of wins. You all had the most best of wins, so they played each other. Uh, the format has changed for Rift Rivals, Rift Rivals a little bit, but I mean, it's still you're still getting more EU versus NA matchups than you do in Worlds <laughs> in certain situations, right? Like if yeah, I mean, you're at like quote unquote actual events, there's been two. NAU best of fives and like I think what like the last uh seven years. So yeah. <laughs> Not even seven, honestly, eight at this point. But yeah. So I think the conclusion is we just want a better tournament. Not even just to watch like Mayo side copium stuff, but just like see the good teams play more games, see the teams we like play more games see like hype like like i think even though we all think nalcs blows like i would have preferred 100 thieves to play more games to like yeah, see exactly. fun games right no 100 percent. it's like 100 thieves was clearly the best na team and honestly i think they would have lost to genji too but they would have made it a fuck ton more exciting than cloud9 made it let's be real like i don't know it's just a disgrace no i mean i guess disgrace is harsh but like the format fucking blows. Do you think it will change because 100 Thieves and TL fans are pretty big drivers of, and their teams kind of got really shafted by the format, right? It could change, but I'm not sure if I really I don't, don't know so. if it changes. I hope it does, but maybe I think what they do is they do a double elimination and they just call it a day. I don't know if group stage is yeah. fixed, which is to me I again. Think, I agree that's the bigger problem. Yeah, that's, group stage that's clearly the worst problem. Stage. Yeah, so it's like um, I'm. I want to say that group stage group stages can change, but if you put a gun to my head, I'm gonna say they won't change. Let's say that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay, real quick, let's talk about. The anti-Chinese bias. <laughs> I think I think this is this is something that I've noticed. Um, uh, Dom one versus is, the real like final guys. 2014, 2015. I'd say 2014. China started rising in 2015. Like they were, they were the number two region. They just kind of got owned by uh, booming themselves or like bad seeding. LGD did LGD things and then uh kind of doomed the region overall. And then uh ever since then it just feels like China doesn't get respect. Even though I they've won three of the four past world. Keeps year by year. We're not gonna talk about twenty fifteen. Uh yeah, we know what, what happened in twenty fifteen. Twenty sixteen, I'm pretty sure the first seed was uh EDG. EDG, yeah, they, it was EDG. Yeah. So EDG well, I mean, and Arnold both got bounced in the quarters. So that's they made it out of groups uh, and then they were up against um, the both the green uh, teams. GE Tigers, right? Yeah, they both got cocked by group draw. 
There's yeah, they nothing... got uh, SKT and uh, the Tiger, so it's like, yeah. wow. It's nothing to say there. 2017, uh, World League entered to G2 at MSI, but then at Worlds... Uh, 2017 is massive copium. Like this, yeah, and that's both... one of the arguments for uh, not exactly. having double LM actually is um, like you get the what ifs, and as long as your groups are seated well, right? Like, I kind of yeah. remember 2017 the most because it's like RNG and WE almost made it. Exactly. And if there was double LM, they probably, if they lost, I would just be like, okay, they definitely didn't deserve to lose, and if they made it, then they would have made it, right? I don't get this, exactly. like, I remember yeah. it so clearly that it was so close, yeah. I think part of the reason we remember. RNG SKT is because they came so close and it's like they got no chances after that. Even though I genuinely believe they would have beat Samsung. But again, like you said, that's copium, right? So I think single Elim is effective in that sense. Yeah, and what's then, weird is that after Dom won, won 2020, people just kind of forgot that like LPO won 2018, won 2019, and in 2017, like if MLXG didn't coin flip the wrong way, they probably would have beat SKT and would have won Worlds as well, right? Yeah, and exactly. They won MSI, like exactly. So yeah, they, like they. I think they have a like someone on Reddit pulled the stats, and LPL has like by far yeah. the dominant best of five record against uh in over the last four years versus LCK. Yeah. Exactly, they oh, have, yeah. and it's like also in the past. Uh, well, like since. 2018 right uh that's like what one two so 2018 has two tournaments 2019 has two tournaments 2020 has two tournaments on this year two tournaments so that's like what eight right of the past eight tournaments lpl has won six of the eight tournaments i don't get why we fucking keep up this charade it's like they've really won six of the eight past tournaments they won msi they won Worlds 2018. They lost MSI 2019. They won Worlds. They did they win MSI? Yeah, they won MSI 2019. Where top esports fucking shit stomped Genji. And then they lost Worlds 2020. And then 2021, they won both events. Like, like the only the only ways LPL have lost in the in since 2018, since the beginning of 2018. Was A, IG imploding, and B, the best Korean team since SKT? Yeah. It's really weird because, like, it feels like when I've listened to people, they always talk up, like, China, at least, like, on paper. But then as soon as China doesn't perform at least to, like, perfection, you know, like, I think the best example is FPX this year. As soon as FPX blows up, everyone's like, oh, nope, it's all Korea. And it's yeah, like, I pretty mean. Much. Speaking of FPX, it's 2019 was pretty hilarious with the final Scopium, where I think it was Vedius, where he was like, oh, G2 is just a better version of FPX in every way. And then he watched the fucking finals, and they just ludicrously like run over G2. Like they literally just run over G2. Yeah, I I remember the 2018 and the 2019 finals very well. It was exactly. always it was incredibly it was favored towards um Fnatic and then G2. And 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 like the reason like people like really thought it was going to be G2 was cuz like 
they beat SKT. And it's like, oh, it's like they didn't pay attention to the other semifinals where FPX and IG played and FPX looked really good and IG looked really good. And it was like, it, it was like, I don't, I don't know why, like to me, like it felt really obvious that it was like FPX was the better team going into that day. And like in 2018, like even though like the group stage sure showed Fnatic over IG, to me, based off of the games, it was seemed pretty obvious that Fnatic, like IG played better opponents yeah. Well, they played the better opponent in the quarterfinals, and they killed G two. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, they I absolutely like mastered G two. Yeah. You know, like exactly. yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be nearly as close as people predicted. They're both three zero giga stomps. I mean, like exactly. They have. I think those two finals are like the two most one sided finals of all time. Probably they come close to the fastest finals of all time. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember if the uh, season three world finals was faster. I. I think it felt like. I'm not. I don't remember. But yeah, I don't remember. It, I cannot tell you they, off the top of my head. I think they're top two. Yeah. I might be wrong, but. Um, but yeah, the but point yeah, is, people like, are. But it's. They're still acting like Korea is inherently better. They're acting like Korea and EU are inherently better and on the same level, and every year they get proven false. No, I, I so. think I think this is a thing. I think Riot is just obsessed with Korea to the point where it's just like there's this weird mysticism about Korea. And like because of LGD twenty fifteen, all of a sudden the LPL cannot be Korea. Exactly. Right? Because they were proven wrong once. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like Korea I mean, also has like more um obviously tangible storylines for them to build around and hype up so i think for western audiences korea is just like more readily um available as when you think of a strong region you think of korea because china is because of how deep it is you get like all sorts of random teams popping up whereas for korea right like skt and genji have been there in a ton of worlds that's actually a fun stat the last like not even the last, like pretty much all of Korea's wins, like straight up all of them are three teams. And the past six Korea the past six Chinese wins, well the six Chinese wins have all been a different team. Like it was RNG. Well I guess RNG so it was five wins over different teams, but it was RNG, then IG, and then the next year uh FPX won Worlds. Then the next year, Top Esports won MSI. Then this year, RNG won MSI. And EDG won Worlds. Like, there's never been a concurrent winner. Whereas you had, like, Faker and his bros just, like, repeatedly winning it. Like, stomping Korea and winning Worlds. It's also, uh, I think if LPL won 2020, um, then people wouldn't doubt them. But because they lost in 2020 everyone just kind of slept on them um even though in the in the replacement msi right like lpo completely dominated that it was like fpx test finals right and all the lck teams got owned but then when it came to worlds you know due to due to the way that brackets are inherently rigged from the group seating rules you had top suning and jd all in like 
the same <laughs> upper half of the bracket. So then they just eliminated each other and then Suning lost the Don one. And then people are like, oh, guess LPL is done. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it is really annoying. It, it, it does feel like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like, it's always the lip service. Like everyone was like, oh, FPX is going to do good. EDG is going to do good. And then because one team underperformed. I mean, the thing is, they didn't like, even predict the right team. Like, if you look at the analysts on, like, general predictions, FPX got fucking cleaned by EDG in playoffs. Like, they got, like, fucking wiped. They just got shit on, right? And people predicted FPX first out of all the Chinese teams. Like, what the fuck? It's so stupid. Like, you could yeah, argue... I don't know what to say. You could argue EDG, blah, 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 bad. but it's like, I don't know. It's just, people are fucking stupid. Like, yeah, FPX it's, literally it's got three old. China bad. Yeah, it's basically. <laughs> so dope. Um, <laughs> there's also, like, when we talk about uh, my original argument where China seems coin flippy because their first seed teams tend to run it down, but we've seen, uh, like, King Zone, right, was a super hyped Korean team, and they ran yeah. it down. They immediately like fucking dropped BDD's to like first. Samsung. Basically, this is the first time like BDD's made finals, right? Otherwise, yeah. like he's been on a team that just runs. Yeah, yeah, not in, like yeah. This first time he's made semis, like it was, it was like what, uh, twenty seventeen. They six out groups, and then they immediately dropped to Samsung. Twenty eighteen, he wasn't at Worlds. Twenty nineteen, he wasn't at Worlds. Twenty twenty, they got wiped by. G2 again, so that's two three O's after making it through groups. And then 2021, he finally makes it to semis. And I mean, he played well this tournament, I'll give him that. So, yeah, I'm not saying like BDD is bad, but I'm saying like he's been on very highly ranked teams coming out of LCK, kind of like very hyped, which is kind of bad luck for him. I think maybe because he's a hype player. And then the teams that he's on like don't really perform. Um, but then when like China's first seed that's hyped up underperforms, everyone just thinks, I don't know, the region is doomed. And it's hard to, uh, because of how the bracket is done, right? Like, I think if RNG was on the other side and showed a good game against SKT, then people would think the finals would be competitive, but it just makes it really hard to do it unless you've watched a lot of the regions or like you, you know, you're a copium. LPL fan and you like remember MSI results when do you think China gets taken seriously how many more worlds does China have to win until like it feels like oh you know China isn't like doesn't feel like so shaky is like a probably the best region in the world I'd say if they can repeat I think if China wins the next two worlds people will probably start taking them seriously but the cynic you're saying in two more years after they've won five <laughs> yeah, years yeah. of tournaments. Look, look, it's depressing, but people are fucking stupid. You need to keep that in mind. People are fucking stupid, and a Western audience is basically never going to watch LPL. Like, they'll either just watch the regional leagues or they'll just fucking jerk off to Korea. So you need to keep in mind with those two things. You need to keep those two things in mind. And you also have, like, fucking people like LS driving this brain-dead narrative. So you need to keep all this shit in mind. So with that is like what I say two years. Like it obviously should be now, but it's probably going to be, it has to be, I think, a, a three-peat. 
This is all LGD's fault. I think part of it is also like unironically like CIA propaganda. Probably. Because if you think about uh there there is another copium article that was posted recently, right? It was about how it was the Kotaku article on um the League Mobile Honor of Kings, how Honor of Kings is the most played game in the world and then all the comments are like it doesn't count right i feel like that's always the argument against even lpl wins is like they didn't play g2 or they didn't play skt or they didn't play whatever so you feel like it doesn't count yeah it's like blah 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 it's like it's gonna be copium till the end of time but the good thing is these idiots opinion doesn't actually affect the games so lpl is just gonna keep shitting on their favorite teams (laughs) yeah i mean Maybe someday we'll have a group format that actually doesn't have OPL kill each other. Yeah. Um, like in the in the quarterfinals. RNG would have um, beat Damwon. Mark my words. RNG would have fucking beat Damwon again. WE would have beat Damwon. Is that your w- copium too, Skitter? W would W would never in hell fucking beat Damwon. <laughs> RNG versus Damwon is also questionable, but like we didn't even get to see that game, right? Yeah. And that's I think the biggest shame is that. You have, um, I think Korea has finally recovered after uh, imploding around 20, well, they imploded in 2014 and then SKT dragged them through all the way until like 2017. Um, But now Korea is getting pretty deep again in their rosters and having competitive teams um, and LPLs really solidified uh, kind of, I'd say like the top six, maybe even top eight LPL teams are like world stage competitive. Um, and we just don't get to see that many games between the regions, like the two best regions at League of Legends. Yeah, it's so it's really sad that people don't get hyped up uh, up about these games too, because it's always a uh, western Western bias. Like I, I find China versus Korea to be very entertaining, and then a lot of people are like, no. Not that's not entertaining, even though I think that's mm, I have issues with that because I think you know there's the clash of styles, it just feels like different interpretations of how to play the game, you know. And then, like, I, I don't know what it is is it just like the jerking off of the Korean style is the best style? Um, because of like LS Monte Cristo propaganda, I don't know what it is, but it's just like. I'd love to see. I love that clash of styles, and like we don't. I, I don't know if we get that appreciation of different styles because LPL games are apparently clown fiestas, but who knows? The LPL region wars always get count, called clown fiestas, and then it's like other games are just like wow, amazing series. And then LPL shits on the other region anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Um, this went on that uh, I th- I thought this would be a short rant about how LPL got shafted, but we went on a lot longer than I thought I would. Um, but um, yeah, so that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, again, just shitting on Riot format for Worlds, uh, just because I want to see more entertaining League of Legends play. Um, and I know a lot of people also do. Uh, next week, I'm going to be... Um, so, uh, 
SMT5 comes out in two days, and I'm uh, hopefully going to get my copy on Thursday, but I might end up getting it on a Friday because Amazon might be screwing me over. Um, but I will be um, talking about my first impressions <laughs> because I've been hyped about this game for like five years now, and I'm finally going to get to play it. And from what I hear, it's a really good game. So um, if you care at all about JRPGs, um, uh, you can listen to me talk about my first impressions of the game. And I guess I don't know what Skidder is going to do, but he'll, he'll be here too as well. All right. Uh, see you guys next week. Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode of The Juju Show, you can go to thejujus.moy. It has all of the uh, previous episodes in this series it has all the previous episodes of wax half full and um keeps um a brief intermission um you can uh you can also go to the donation link uh the coffee link i don't remember what exactly it is but uh and you can help ads uh out um to get his uh new gaming laptop when he actually moves to japan at some point i think in december or something like that but yes um Give ads money um, for me. Thank you.